Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farm Her radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farm Her. Welcome to Shining Bright. We are back from vacation and trying to get back into the swing of uh, life, business, all of the all of the above. And we've got a really great episode on tap today. As you all know, you've heard me uh, kind of preaching about my experience in the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program over the last few months. And um, that has wrapped up, which was uh, why we took a long vacation. <laughs> we needed, it was wonderful, but you know, it, it added to your workload, of course. And um, so um, now I'm kind of in this phase of of wrapping up some of those things that I learned and reaching out to some of those people that I met because I think that's probably one of the biggest values. And um, it was, I think, the very first week of the program they had um, a, a panel of resources there and um, different people from different parts of state agencies there to talk to us as small business owners. And I heard about a program there and I was super excited and kind of shocked that I hadn't like heard about this before, nor had I taken the time. I mean, it it definitely isn't, um, you know, like you have to pop yourself up out of that hole to hear about these things sometimes. But I am going to welcome Jill Lippincott to our program today. Jill, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into the program that you are a part of here in Iowa and all of the things that you guys do for small business owners and specifically women... Um, I found some statistics earlier today that I think are kind of interesting. And um, they they really spoke to me, I guess, because, you know, in going through this program, while everybody's business is different, um, we're all like actually in yeah. the very same boat. Yeah. You know, whether you're a farmer, as you said earlier, whether you're a maker, wh- whatever whatever your business is, we all deal with the same the same stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, on that note, this is the top challenges faced by women in business and specifically entrepreneurs in 2018. And this was from Entrepreneur Magazine. And the very top thing: women receive less funding. Women are less likely than men to raise a hundred thousand dollars or more in funding. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, we absolutely know that, and that is one part of our program. Actually, is the ability to access capital, and that's why that was created because historically, women and minorities um, receive receive less access to capital and funding opportunities to start their business. And do you think that it is less access or less asking or less being able to figure out how to be prepared to ask? I mean, it's a combination. Yeah, Yeah. it's a combination. I think sometimes we're afraid to ask because we feel like it's going to be no, we're not prepared. We haven't had the coaching to be prepared or feel ready. And and we've always we always feel like we need to become at the table ready to go. And if we're not there yet, then we don't want to ask. So um, along with the loan program that we have, we also have wraparound services through the contractor that we use that helps somebody become prepared to make the ask. So it makes it a much more comfortable setting. But feeling uncomfortable is not something we want to do often. And so I think sometimes we just don't make the ask. Yeah, I I haven't um, obtained funding for my business. That's that wasn't part of the structure of how I started this. It started kind of much more organically. It wasn't really supposed to be a business actually in the beginning. But, um, you know, it, it is a thing that it is scary, you know, mm-hmm. to put yourself mm-hmm. out there and ask. So I can see why that happens. And, yeah. and you know, if you've ever read the book Lean uh, In or something like yep. that, like it's pretty common that women tend to ask uh, for things less, you yep. know, yeah. in any part of our culture. 
and specifically when it's your own business and it's tied to you like your baby. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I think, um, me, I, I sometimes go, Oh my gosh, like this is like someone kind of knocking me down if I get a no because I take it personal. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So that can be a tough thing. So, um, here's another one. Um, let's see, even though women have experience and passion, um, women are more likely to have been over 35 years old when they started their business. So later in life for women to start businesses than men. Yeah, And I think that just goes along with uh, a lot of the things that we're often doing during some of those earlier years where we're growing a family. Um, But I think also we're seeing some of those um, women who feel like I've accomplished this. I've checked this off the list. Now I want to do this thing that I've always wanted to do. In fact, I just met an 84 year old woman in Guttenberg, Iowa, who started a business this last year, her third business post 50 at 84 years old on her 84th birthday. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, it's just neat to see that um, we're feeling ready at a certain point and maybe for other reasons, you know, we weren't there yet, but um, there is definitely a lot of uh, momentum uh, for women business owners who are taking that second career and starting their own business later in life. Yeah. I, I think it does get easier too. like the, the, more you've done it, you know, the more experience you have. Going back um, to that confidence and feeling comfortable to take a risky step. It does. So obviously we can talk about this for a long time. Yeah. I didn't get through <laughs> nearly any of my points, but we have way more to talk about. So everybody out there, thank you for joining us. Be sure to stick with us. And on that note, um, don't forget that you can always call and leave your thoughts with us at 515-444-5261. And if you leave any comments, questions, thoughts, we'll get those answered and back on the air on a future episode of Shining Bright. So stick with us. We'll be right back here with Jill Lippincott. This is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa, in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes, such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. And we are back here on Shining Bright. If you heard us in the first segment, we're talking about women and business. And we have Jill Lippincott, who is a project manager for the Iowa Department of Economic... Iowa Economic Development Authority. Okay, thank you. Sorry. It's changed over the years. Yeah. (laughs) I had an acronym in here. And then all of a sudden, I was like, what does that mean? I knew what that meant when I put it in there. Um, But... Uh, so you're here to help the economic status in Iowa, and specifically, you have programming around women. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you, Jill. Sure. So um, are you from here in Iowa? 
I'm from the Midwest. Okay. I'm from Nebraska originally. Okay. Uh, I grew up in a few different areas, but then moved out to Denver for seven years. Okay. So I'm a transplant. I've been here about eight years now. Okay. So tell me a little bit about what your career has consisted of and what led you into this role here uh, with the economic sure. uh, development. Well, I have a background in journalism, so I love telling stories and I love doing that in a couple of different ways. Um, I first started in uh, a data company that worked for business journals. And so we told stories by looking at data and we're able to say, okay, you know, based on what the data is telling us, this is what's happening. And, and to me, that's so fascinating. Um, I then worked for nonprofit organizations doing kind of the same thing and then uh, came to the state about three years ago. And through this program, I find myself doing the same thing. I get to tell stories and I get to promote other people's wonderful stories. So I love learning, um, like I mentioned, about all these business owners in Iowa doing amazing things. Um, the, I've worked for startups, so I've kind of got that understanding of what it means to start and run a business. Um, and the crazy frenetic energy that's yes. all around that. <laughs> and I, so I give a lot of kudos to people who do run their own business. I mean, my mom was a small business owner. So I grew up working in the family business and know that it's blood, sweat, and tears from everybody in the family often um, when it comes to a woman owning a business. So all that combined um, has helped me now really give a lot of passion to this program to be able to tell stories and understand it from the passion that comes into it um, from the business owners. Yeah. Okay. So um, with that, tell me more specifically about the program that you are a part of, the, the name of it, the purpose of it, and yeah. uh, a little bit more uh, background. Well, the Targeted Small Business Program was established in 1986 as a state of Iowa program, and it's been managed by a few different agencies, recently came over to Iowa Economic Development. And it its focus is to support businesses owned by women, minorities, individuals with disabilities, and service-disabled veterans. So it does that in a couple of different ways. We have a certification element of our program, and we look to certify businesses that are 51% owned and managed by one of those four targeted group categories. So we certify them to say, you know, you, we've been certified by a third party to verify that you are a woman business owner, a minority business owner, for instance. And we also have the loan program. It's managed by another agency, the Iowa Center for Economic Success. And like I said, it offers access to capital and easier ways for those groups that traditionally have a hard time accessing capital. But beyond that, we have a number of benefits that come along with the certification. And like I said, I, I get to be out and meeting people and talking with them and understanding what it is that makes them drive our economy here in Iowa. So um, if I am a woman-owned business, so if I wanted to apply for the certification, tell me a little bit about how that would work and why it's worth my time to do so, right? Like what, what is it that that brings to small businesses? I'm sure it's worth my time. But. Well, and it's it's changed over the years. So the certification is an online application. Uh, it, there are hard copies available as well, but it is a certification that you apply for. So you provide us with some documentation and it just depends on what how big your business is, how many owners there are um, that for the things that we would require. But there is some additional information required, but the turnaround time for us to look at that application and get back to you about whether we can move forward is about three to five days. So it's not super intense. There's definitely other things in life that are harder <laughs> to right. deal with. Right. So once you get certified, there's a few different benefits. And I think it just depends on what your business is and what you're looking to do. The main thing the program started with was helping businesses who are looking to do business with the state of Iowa. Right. So the state of Iowa, not a lot of folks know this. I didn't know this before I started, buys uh, a number of things, goods and services. Probably a lot, right? I mean, yeah, they're probably like yeah. one of the largest employers in the state, Absolutely. if not the largest. And they buy a wide range of things from things like sewing machines to dog bones to, you know, contracting services and things you wouldn't think of. But when you think about it, we have prisons, we have mental health facilities right. um, and a lot of just other state agencies. So 
there are uh, goals that all of our agencies set to say we're going to specifically try to buy from targeted small businesses. And in uh, FY18, fiscal year 18 alone, the, the state purchased $47 million from just our targeted small businesses. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just, I mean, it's a little, it's like a right around 8.5% of all the purchasing. So if you can imagine all the purchasing we do, we buy a lot from targeted small businesses. So there's some benefits there. And that's where it started from. But since then, it's really grown into networking opportunities, um, ways to connect into the ecosystem, supporting small businesses, helping us tell your story. So a lot of times when people are a part of our program, we connect them into other opportunities to help promote them. Yeah. Um, and just newsletters that we put out, information that we put out to other small business owners, the kind of things that you just don't know you don't know. Right. We help send that out and send that information out. So a lot of different ways to benefit from being a part of the program. Yeah. And and I mean, that was my first thought because I did see like, I mean, obviously my business is a media business and, you know, we're in the creative realm. And so my first thought was, well, this sounds cool, but but like I right. don't, I'm not looking to sell a product to the state. I don't think the state needs like right. 10,000 farm her t-shirts probably, but well, they you should. Never know. They should. You should. <laughs> yeah. And you never know. And I think that that's one of the things too is um, there's also just this validity of saying I'm certified as a right. women owned business. And that actually made me excited because I think that there's something, um, somebody that I was talking to the other day, she was shopping with her daughter and they saw a, a tag yeah. on a product and it said certified women owned business. And her daughter who is 10 was like, Oh, we should buy yep. this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, I probably that would catch my eye too. Exactly. Yeah, there's a market for that. And actually, when you get certified, we give you a logo that you can brand your products with your uh, marketing collateral, your business cards, what have you with that logo to say I'm a certified targeted small business. And so we have businesses that never do business with the state, but right. use that to promote themselves. And also, if Often there are businesses that are doing business with other businesses who have programs that also recognize women and minority and veteran owned businesses. Right. And they can use that to jump into those programs and access those networks as well. Yeah. I, if, if I've learned anything in the last, you know, three, four months of my life, especially going through this program, it's uh, put yourself out there yes. even when you're not yeah. sure if you need it, because more than likely, especially as small business owners, we all need help. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we can't do it all of, on our own and those connections and those, you just never know yeah. what will turn into something. And I get a lot of applications and inquiries from somebody who didn't have the certification, got into a business opportunity and somebody asked them, well, hey, are you certified? And then they applied. And of course, we try to turn that around as quickly as we can to help them, um, but they didn't have it. And so they were kind of coming at, at it after the fact. So we always say it's free. I should mention that. It's yeah, also I was free. Say, how much is it? cost. It doesn't cost anything to apply. Um, and so then you have it and you never know when that's going to come up and you'll, you'll need to use it. And I should mention that, I mean, this is in Iowa that we're talking about specifically. Right. And I know we've got listeners from all around the country, maybe even outside of this country, but there are programs like this yes, everywhere. This yeah. is not exclusive to our state. Yeah. Yeah. And every state has something a little bit different, but typically if you uh, look and or research and Google um, women business certification in my state yeah. or state certification for a women minority business owner, there are very similar programming around the U.S. Yeah. And we've been talking about women because, well, that's what applies to, to me, I guess. But, you know, in this program, we had another uh, guy who was in my group and they have a family business, but 
uh, 51% of that business is owned by his wife and they are minorities. And so he was like, this is like, we got to do this, you know, there's a number of different ways to qualify and it doesn't have to be just one woman that owns 51%. It can be multiple women that um, come together to own 51% of the business too. Great point. I love that. Okay. We've got more to cover. There's more stuff going on here and more resources we want to talk about and access to those resources. So thank you for tuning in for Shining Bright by Farm Her, all about everyday women who are doing amazing things, women who make the ordinary extraordinary. Be sure to join me every weekend for Shining Bright on Roll Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. We will be right back here with Jill Lippincott in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Shining Bright. So we are talking about women and business and resources. We're here again with Jill Lippincott from the state. Um, She works in the economic development area and on the targeted small business program that we are talking about in relation to women, but it's there for minorities and people with disabilities as well. And so Jill, um, one of the things that we've talked about uh, uh, sprinkled throughout this episode so far is Uh, capital, access to capital, and how women have uh, typically less access to capital, especially in small business. So you guys have a program to help um, women access, women, minorities, and people with disabilities access that capital. Can you tell me a little bit about that program? And, um, you know, specifically, I'm wondering, like, is there something about it that makes it easier for women to be able to access it? Or or how is it set up? Well, we work with the Iowa Center for Economic Success to manage our loan program. So I will say, first and foremost, um, they are the go-to for the loan program. Uh, In fact, when people uh, come to us uh, with questions, we typically send them over there. But we work really closely with them. So I can speak a little bit about kind of their programming. Mm -hmm. Um, The loan program is available to businesses that would also be eligible for certification. Now, they don't have to be certified through us first to access the loan. In fact, that's something that we changed because we found a lot of people were looking to start a business and the certification vacation is once the business is really for once the business is in business. Right. But if you need a loan to get started, how can you, you know, get certified first? So right. we changed it up so that you can access the loan. It's up to $35,000 for startups, up to $50,000 um, for businesses that are in business um, that you can qualify for. It all depends on what you're, you're qualified for. But you actually start that process with the Iowa Center for Economic Success. It is a state funded loan. So it is not a commercial loan that's backed by the state. It is all done through uh, our loan program. And what's nice about that is it's comfortable. You walk into the center. It's a comfortable setting. Um, people are there to offer you services. If you're still unsure what, what you're even needing. You don't have to feel pressured. You don't have to feel like, no. oh my gosh, are they trying to get money out of yeah. me? Like, are they going to upsell yes. me? Because yes. I, I will say like in the early years of my business, I always was like, who do I turn to that's not looking to make money off of me? Yeah. yeah. And that's one nice thing about this, the state is not, their goal is not to make money right. off of you. No, exactly. And they um, are there, especially if you're not quite sure, they're there to answer those questions of what what even do I need? I really want to start a business and I'm looking at needing to purchase this, but how much do I need? And so if you literally walk in with no paperwork, nothing with you, when you walk in that first time, they're going to help you navigate all of that. So a lot of wraparound services, which I, I think it makes it just a little bit more comfortable even to take that first step. Yeah, because it is hard. I mean, like you said, I haven't uh, looked for funding before, 
But even going through that Goldman Sachs program, I realized that if I ever do need to look for funding, and then funny enough, I found myself in this meeting where we were talking about equity of the company and, oh, and it yeah. almost became Lots like a pitch type of meeting. <laughs> and that's not what I, what I intended or what yeah. I thought it was going to be going into it. And I was like, oh man, good thing I'm going through this program. And I kind of have my ducks in a row yeah. a little bit. Uh, Cause when they say, you know, know your numbers, know, know the details about your business that you need to be able to put out there. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. And they're going to help with a lot of that. Um, whether it's through a workshop, they offer a series of workshops um, nice. for a number of things. In fact, I'm presenting in a few weeks. Ooh, I good. should plug that. Um, but also just um, really easy to drop in and sit in on some of those workshops or schedule meetings with an actual counselor. So it's a range of services that you can walk into. And confidential. Yes. No harm done if you ask, because we are going through some changes here at Farm Her right now. And one of uh, a a woman who's been an employee of ours for a while is going to be transitioning off and starting her own business. I'm very excited for her and that. And I pushed her towards you guys because it's like, you don't know where to start or how yeah. to start. And I'm like, this is confidential. It's free. And you, you lose nothing no by asking. Done. Exactly. Like you can, you can find out all that you can and decide that it's not for me and, and be yeah. done. And for most of us working as small business resources, if we don't, uh, if we don't provide the resource you need, we'll send you in the direction of somebody who does. Right. So none of us feel like, Oh, you have to work with us. Um, and feel like we have to have the authority over that. So if it is something that, um, I feel another service provider would be able to help you with, we'll do an introduction and send you to them and uh, make sure it's comfortable for you to do that handoff. Yeah. Okay. So you've, you've got a lot of programs. They've been going on for a while. Do you have any stories you want to share with us that, um, highlight how these have helped somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there have been um, some really great moments where we've seen businesses grow since they've started within the TSB program. Um, But one business in particular that actually had really grown before they came to us um, was um, Ellen Walsh Rossman Mm -hmm. with um, Good Growing Enterprises, also DBA Farm Table Delivery. That's I usually know them by their original name and I always have to remember the actual name. Yep. I I knew their original name. Yeah. So um, she's been in business for a while doing um, the farm table or delivery for folks that are looking to get that fresh produce from local farmers and delivering around the Midwest. Um, But we came across her as we were, so so she got certified, got in our program, but then we were also looking to do a networking event out in the Harland area, which Mm -hmm. is where she's at. And we needed a caterer for the event. And she also owns Milk and Honey, a restaurant in Harland. And so we went out to her. And so it kind of goes back to the, well, how often are you going to do business with the state, right? Well, we actually went out to her to help cater our event in Harland, Iowa. Um, We got to tour her facility. So she's in the uh, incubator space with the local community college out there and is doing so many amazing things. I think at the time we were there, she was um, collecting shoes for a local shoe drive that she had helped organize, of course, and then um, was also uh, working with the local school to provide fresh produce to the local school food program, which actually is another potential state contract as well. So just we we learn a lot um, by seeing the businesses once they come into the program. And then when we have opportunities that come up to go out and meet them, then we get to see even more of the incredible things that they're actually doing. Yeah. And I love stories like that because if people ever say, you know, like I'm not a part of agriculture, it doesn't affect me. If your kids eat lunch at school and you want them to have fresh 
produce or maybe local produce or, you know, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, right there. Yeah, it's a really easy connection um, from the local farmers that are around their area that can provide that a- quick access to the local school's food program. Yeah, well, we'll have to get Ellen on the show. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so one last question. You said you're presenting a workshop in a few weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about that so people can hear like one of the types of things that um, people are going to be able to learn if they were to access that program? Yeah, I am presenting uh, in a Tuesday in August at the Iowa Center for Economic Success. Topical Tuesday. So we just talk about the targeted small business program and the things that, again, kind of like we've talked about the benefits. And for business owners that are there, it's really great because it's usually a smaller crowd and and they can directly say, you know, this is the kind of business I'm in. Tell me how this would benefit me. And so um, we encourage anybody to attend. I think sometimes um, they live stream and are available offline later. Um, But it is nice because, like I said, you can ask those direct questions at that time of tell me how to get into this. Here's what I have. Here's where I'm at. And we'll be able to answer any specific questions you have. Yep. So my big takeaway from this is if you're thinking about if this applies to you, if you're thinking about starting your own business, if you're thinking about anything within your own business, you might as well reach out and ask. And whether you're in Iowa or anywhere else. So if they are in Iowa, can you tell us how they can reach out to you or your program and find those resources? Sure. So I'm going to give a really long URL, but everything (laughs) can be found on iowaeconomicdevelopment.com slash TSB. And um, that's where you can find the application. You can find information about our program. We have quarterly newsletters that are all there. And also my contact information, since I have kind of a long last name, it's jill.lippincott at iowaeda.com. But it's all there. So um, I would get, or just Google targeted small business in Iowa. Uh, it'll take you there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on the long name, I got you beat on the long last name. So no worries there. Well, Jill, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. And I'm positive that it is going to help somebody out there listening think about the resources that they probably have available and may not be accessing, myself included. It is high on my list to get us uh, signed up for that that certification program. I mean, why not, right? Exactly. Yeah. So thank you again for joining us here on Shining Bright. Everybody out there listening, enjoying the farm her journey today first off you can watch the tv show fridays and sundays at 9 30 p.m eastern on rfd tv and visit us at farmher.com to hear the stories learn about farm her events read the blogs and of course check out the merchandise and while you're there be sure to sign up for our mailing list to stay in the know we'll be right back Welcome back to Shining Bright. So we are talking about women in business and resources, networks, connections, all of those great things. And, um, you know, we talked with Jill at the Iowa Department of Economic Development about um, the programs that they have. And we talked about you, Megan. So we welcome Megan to Shining Bright here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about the program that they have and how that works with the program that you have. But before we get into any program discussions or anything like that, let's introduce you to our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what you do, why you do it? Great. I I grew up in a Minneapolis suburb and actually started my career in New York City and thought I was going to be a television director. And so I was training to do that for a few years and then was making political commercials 
and met my husband, who in the heart of Iowa was working in politics, and thought, sure, why not? I'll try Iowa. You know, I'd seen all of these movies that showcase small towns and the romantic notion of all of that and thought, let me give it a shot. Uh, But we ended up staying in Des Moines, Mm -hmm. which is obviously not a small town. And so I had to have a career switch. And as an entrepreneur myself, I had um, grown up with a dad who owned his own company, started a restaurant with my husband and my brother. I have some hot tips later on for owning a restaurant with your brother. (laughs) Don't do it. That's the tip. Um, But then um, got into consulting and worked with a lot of nonprofits, including this one, including Iowa Center for Economic Success. And then about five years ago, they were looking for a new CEO. And I thought, sure, I'll hop off of that kind of hazardous consulting, work for yourself, freelance life and try a full time gig. Mm -hmm. And so for the last five years, I've had the honor of working with the Iowa Center and helping other entrepreneurs get started and and earn a living, you know, working their own ideas. Yeah, yeah. So not not a path that you could have predicted for yourself, right? But um, that's that's the name of life and Mm -hmm. the name of the game, I think, for so many of us. Um, So how has the full time gig been five years, right? Because sometimes when I think about like, those days get really long, where I'm like, what in in the name of God are we doing here? Like what, you know, I, I don't know that I can do this again tomorrow. And I think about, oh, maybe I'll just go back to like a stable life. And and then I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a stable person um, <laughs> in terms of kind of my Welcome essence. to yes. the room. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I'm an, I have an entrepreneurial mind. And that's actually one of the things we teach at the Iowa Center. You might not decide to end up leaving the corporate gig and starting your own full-time um, business. But having that entrepreneurial mindset and how that can can suit you yeah. in the corporate world or all of that. It's, it is a challenge for me. I'm restless. Mm-hmm. I like change. I thrive on change and challenge. Uh, but then you find if you're running a small nonprofit, there's tons of challenge. Oh, every day. Every day. And so much of it requires a, the response of change mm-hmm. and adaptation. And so having that entrepreneurial mind um, and trying to join my team and kind of lead the way through those those opportunities gives me that day-to-day difference. Mm -hmm. And then luckily, you know, a big part of my job is being out in the community and meeting new people such as yourself. And so that gives me kind of that, that entrepreneurial spirit too of my day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think having those challenges in front of us is part of what makes it exciting and uh, love it or hate it, that entrepreneurial mindset, right, is is like kind of enjoying those and kind of hating them too and wanting more of that, I guess, um, and the excitement that comes when when you get through those challenges, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's super exciting. So tell us about the organization that you work for, um, and then we'll get into maybe some of the types of programs that they have out there because um, like Jill, I heard you on a panel at the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program, which I know the people listening to this radio show by now are like, do you work for Goldman Sachs? Like, why are you talking about this all the time? But it was a life-changing experience for me. So um, I met you there as well, and your program is connected to hers. So I'd love to, to hear a little bit more about those specific types of resources. Absolutely. So the Iowa Center makes it our business to help people grow wealth through business ownership and investment. So we do that through three priorities, education, networking, and capital. So we believe that um, while you might have a product or a service and you're passionate about it and you can speak to it until the ends of days, you might not know how to run the back office of a business. Yes. Right. See my hand raised. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Or want to run the back office. You know what I mean? Like all those things. I mean, you know, unless you were an accounting major in college. Um, (sighs) 
And so we bring in all of those different elements. How do you create the business plan? How do you figure out what you're not good at? How do you bring in those accountants, the HR? You know, can you pay somebody as a consultant or do you have to make them part of your W-2 payroll? All of those different elements we educate you on, we train you on. We do different kinds of group um, symposiums, but then we also bring in labs where you can sit down with industry experts and work on your own, your own numbers, your own issues, your own troubles, and then capital. And that's where we work mostly with Jill is um, access to capital. So we have two microloan funds that we manage. We manage the state of Iowa's targeted small business microloan portfolio, and that's for women uh, people with disabilities, service-disabled veterans, and minorities that need to access money to grow their business. And Jill manages the TSB side, the certification side for the state, and we manage the actual application for loans and the disbursement of funds. Mm-hmm. And then we also have our own little portfolio because some people need more than thirty to $50,000 or they're not ready yet for a TSB loan and they need to repair and build their credit. And so we do small loans. And we also do taxes. Uh, at the Iowa Center, we do taxes year-round, and then with 27 partners, we do taxes around the state for individuals and people with small businesses. Okay, so you do taxes for, like, if if I knocked on your door, like, w- would you do my taxes? Or, like, what does that program look like? I mean, I do have a yeah. CPA. I'm not going to ask you to do my taxes. But but as a small business, mm-hmm. like, those things can get expensive, confusing, overwhelming right away and, and be, like, a barrier to entry almost. Absolutely. And we think, you know, access to the proper taxes is access to capital because it's keeping more of what you earn. It's figuring out, do you want to loan the government money and get a big tax return every year and kind of have that for savings? Or would you rather give the government less and make your paycheck bigger and keep what you, you know, more of what you have uh, on the month to month basis? But yes, so we do taxes for individuals and families. And then we do taxes for people who are still filing under their own social security number. So schedule C's, okay, things like that. But then we do cast uh, tax advising and coaching for anyone. So we see a lot of people that come in and they might get their individual and family taxes done by us, but we can coordinate to make sure that, you know, if your spouse still has a regular W-2 job, but you're bringing in this extra cash on the side, how do we make sure you're still leveraging all of the opportunities so you're not giving your money away? I feel like you're like jumping into my mind and and answering, but, but not just me, any people with small business or those types of side hustles, whatever that Mm -hmm. is, right? Like it's, it's a real thing. And I didn't start this to be an accountant. I, I started it to be creative and to share stories. And so like all those other pieces that come with it. So when you talk about, um, specifically on, on the tax piece, um, is that like a need-based thing? Is it only for the, the, the minorities, the disabled, the women owned businesses, or how does that work? So our partners focus mainly on lower to moderate income families, but at the Iowa Center, because our specialty is those small businesses, we will serve anyone and everyone. Now, if you have a huge um, investment portfolio with Goldman Sachs, Mm -hmm. for example, we're not going to help you figure that out. Um, Hopefully, then you have the means and the wherewithal to consult a real CPA. You've gotten to that point. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, But what we'll work with you on is we see so many people who do have that side hustle or they've started their business on a, you know, on a scale. And so they're bringing in an extra 5,000 or $25,000 a year. And do they need to do quarterly taxes? Can they just hold on to that? Are they filing? Are they withholding enough from their W-2 paycheck so that they can keep 100% of that $25,000? We'll help you figure that out so you can use that money. 
grow your business. And those types of things are invaluable as a, as a business owner. I can tell you like uh, tapping into resources like that. So everyone stick with us. We're going to be back. We have way more to talk about um, and how this affects everybody out there as uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, whatever you are. So we'll be back. Welcome back to Shining Bright. So we are still here talking and we got to talking about side hustles and accounting during the break. And, and I was telling Megan, I, you know, one of the biggest barriers when I started Farm Her, it was, it was a project, like it was never going to be a business. And then I quickly realized like there's something more here. And so let's dive in a little bit deeper, but quite honestly, I, I remember in those first few months, I was like, I, I, even to this day, I would rather pay the accountant than pay myself because it's so overwhelming to me to think about all of those decisions and all of those things. But um, you guys have so many other resources through what you do. And um, I would love to talk about what some of those are. We, we briefly touched on some of them. And the ones that maybe are specifically more helpful to women um, and the challenges that maybe women face in being entrepreneurs. Well, you're a wise woman, first of all, to recognize that you should pay an accountant. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, so mu- so many of us want to be the heroes of our own story and figure we can save money or we can use this money for something else that we deem more important. And the amount of money that you save when you actually pay the experts to do what they're supposed to do. But when we look at the Iowa Center's mission, while we will serve anyone and everyone, our main goal is to level the playing field and level the access that everyone as an entrepreneurial American, should have access to to grow their business. When the state of Iowa decided to establish this targeted small business loan portfolio, they recognized that women weren't accessing capital uh, to the same degree that their male counterparts were, nor were African Americans, people with disabilities, etc. And so they established this fund targeting that population of people. But what we've learned at the Iowa Center more anecdotally is part of the reason that women aren't accessing those funds are certainly discrimination. But the other reason is so many women are starting more service industry related businesses or retail industry. And those businesses are just historically so much more risky and they're so much less interesting to a banker who's right. been tasked with loaning out half a million or a million dollars. And they're told, OK, this portion of your portfolio, you can loan out without even bringing it to a lending committee, without even bringing it to your boss. So obviously they're going to get that money out in as much of a hustle as they possibly can because they have a carrot at the end of it dangling for themselves as well. And they want to get that money out. And when someone brings a business forward that's untested or isn't as high grossing or isn't as interesting or it's dealing with children or the elderly or hair or things like that, or um, they're not going to loan that money out. So through the TSB loan, we're able to look at the product, certainly, but we're also able to dig deeper and look at the passion. Mm -hmm. And we're able to see that your credit score might not be as good, but it's because you went through a really crappy divorce, or you self-finance that business on your credit cards because it's the only way you could make it work. But then we can look at your revenue and how much business is coming in and the other things you're doing and how you feel about it and your business plan and all of those other elements. And we're able to say that without us, yes, this business might fail. But with this added capital, 
we can make it work. And luckily, the state of Iowa has recognized that biz- the money belongs where it's most needed. And so our interest rates are low. Our repayment terms are generous. And then these women who never had a chance taken on them before because their idea is risky or not sexy finally have the capital they need and they're thriving. Right. Yeah. Well, what a great resource. And, and I know um, we talked about this with Jill, too, because this this program goes all over the country in, in other parts of the world even. And this type of program isn't exclusive to Iowa. Right. I mean, there are programs like this. And, and I think um, digging in in your state, in your region and finding those resources, like why not? Right. I mean, it, it, it probably only can help. And you guys, I, in looking at your website, you have so many other things going on uh, outside of capital, right? Because you have like courses and you have networking things. Um, so tell me a little bit about why you think those are important to entrepreneurs and why, why those programs are offered. Right. So I had touched on our three priorities were education, capital, and networking. And that third networking, to me, is almost the most critical. Because if you don't have the skills, the wherewithal, the upbringing, the confidence to reach out to people and tell your story and talk about yourself, you're not going to succeed. And I think, you know, it might be a stereotype, but I think it's true. Women traditionally struggle with the idea of talking about ourselves in a positive way. Yeah. Like right? it almost seems like you're bragging if yes. you're if you're too positive about what you're doing. Right. And what's wrong with bragging? When did that turn into a negative word for us? I don't know. And right here in the middle of the country, we're, we're like even worse at it. I feel like we, we start out with an apology. <laughs> well, and we've been raised to think humility is such a virtue. And obviously in certain situations, it absolutely is. But you can brag and be humble at the same time. You can sell yourself and not be arrogant at the same time. And so we really work hard to empower women to believe that, but then also teach the skills. So we have a lot of catching up to do. That's a lot of what we do at the Iowa Center is helping people catch up. And so if you didn't have a next door neighbor or parents or a teacher or some kind of connection that believed in you, helped you thrive, helped you make those cold calls, help you make those introductions, help you figure out how to balance a cheese plate and your business cards, and maybe even a glass of wine yeah. while you're at a networking event and put your best foot forward and come home with three connections and actually follow up on them. All of those skills are really complicated and they can be really overwhelming. Networking is exhausting. It is. But you have to do it and you have to have somebody help you learn how. And that, even though it's the one that maybe brings in the least amount of revenue, it doesn't get us our grants. Um, it's the one that I think really separates the people who succeed from those who still struggle. And again, that's not exclusive to your program, right? Like anywhere you look, you can find, if, if you put yourself out there, you can find a program. And and I self-admittedly have been kind of terrible about networking. I mean, I'm, I travel a lot. So when I'm home, I try to just like actually be like a parent and a, mm-hmm. and a spouse, you know, and a person in this world too. But um, it it is tough and you do have to put yourself out there and it feels like super icky and hard sometimes. Right. And it's something I I've struggled with. I mean, my business is built around like something that's so very personal to me and myself, like my own, like who I am is, is what's getting put out there for the business. And so rejection feels like, Oh, you know, so it's, it's scary and it's hard. And we all struggle with that. I mean, going through this Goldman Sachs program, it became very clear that no matter what type of business you were, how long you'd been doing it, whether you were a man, a woman, uh, you know, what age you were, it didn't matter. Like it, it's, it's across the board for people who are putting their foot out there and doing something different and doing it on their own. Right. Well, in a capitalistic society or capitalistic economy, 
if you can't figure out how to value your company and what it's worth and what you could sell it for, then sometimes it's almost treated as if it's irrelevant. Right. So if the product is you and you can't say, okay, if I sell this business, it doesn't come with me. So therefore I can't say how much it would cost. Sometimes it's dismissed. That just goes back, you know, to the problem with banks lending to these kinds of businesses. Yes. Um, But it also goes to the networking. But one of the things I've lived in a lot of cities and a couple countries and Iowa is one of the easiest places in the world to cold call people. And people will give you a chance. I found if you can find their email address or their phone number, you can reach out to them and they'll have coffee with you, but they'll only have coffee with you once if you waste their time. True. Yeah. And so that's the thing is going in and preparing yourself to have what can you offer them that makes it worth their time? And what do you specifically need from them? So they have a task. And then how do you follow up with them to see if they can deliver on that task? People want to be helpful. Yes. And so if you can get in Mm -hmm. and then you can work it and follow up and make it easy for them. And you know, the fun thing I've found is um, while you're out there asking for help a lot of the time, you are a resource for other people. So many of the time when, when you don't even think you can be, right? Like you may not even be aware that you've got the ability to help somebody else out with something that, that they need as well. So it's definitely two-way street. Okay, we have a little bit more to talk about. So if you're able to stick around, I want to bring you back in this last wrap-up segment to talk about a tip that I walked away from the first time I heard you talking. Sounds great. So everyone stick with us here on Shining Bright. We'll be right back and we're going to talk about a hot mess. Next week, join us for Shining Bright by FarmHer, while we're talking to Linda Emanuel and Rose Hartshoe about putting the pieces back together. Linda was on the ground in Nebraska and part of all of the devastating flooding there. And Rose was part of the relief efforts as well. And so these women have quite this story to tell and want to share with you about how they're putting the pieces back together. We are back here with Shining Bright, wrapping things up here in the tail end of this episode. And um, we're back here with Megan. And um, so when I first heard Megan, it was on a panel. She was on a panel. And I went up to you afterwards and I wrote on your card. And we met so many people through this program. And there's just like, you're totally immersed in thinking about all the things and it's exciting. It's overwhelming. And so I wrote something on your business card and I couldn't quite remember today, even like why I wrote that, but I wrote down hot mess. And I remember that that made a a point in my mind. So uh, with that, I know you had a a tip for entrepreneurs. If, If you had one thing that you could leave them with, what would that be? It would be to own your hot mess, really get to know it. Like I've said, take it out to dinner spend time with it, invite it into your living room and get to know your hot mess. We're, we're raised, especially as women to be so buttoned up and look perfect on the outside. But if you can't figure out what your hot mess is, then you don't stand a chance in figuring out anything else because very likely your hot mess isn't going to change. No, it's probably just going to manifest and get bigger, right? Absolutely. The more you repress it, the more it grows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting um, when we started talking about that, I just read this article um, and the, the premise of it is, you know, that as women, we are 
in our society, things roll faster. They they move quicker. We're inundated with so much more stuff. You know, I've got these little kids. I've got this business that I'm trying to run. I travel on the in-between and you just feel like things are kind of out of control on a roller coaster. And um, it's weird though, because sometimes I hate it, but more often, like I kind of thrive off of that. And that's probably just like one sick part of my, <laughs> like who I am. But, um, you know, like so many things in our world, like there's all these self-help things out there and they're talking about how to be more mindful and more present and, and all of that's wonderful. But then I do feel like my mind races and has these ideas and this article Instead of like the the balanced woman, she called herself the highly haphazard woman. And I loved that. And she said, you know, um, I, I've finally gotten to a point in my life where I understand that like that's just the way my mind works. And I kind of look at that as owning your hot mess, right? Like this is the way that my brain operates and my creative process and, and how these things flow through me. Absolutely. It's, you know, for a really long time, I had these iconic women that I looked up to. And I mean, they're the same ones we all had, Audrey Hepburn, Jackie O. And then you look at their life and they looked so perfect and they spoke so softly and they seemed so elegant. Well, they both died young. And as we learn about both of them, they seemed so miserable when you start digging into their stories. And they probably wanted to be haphazard women. They probably wanted to show the world they're a hot mess. Or at least the story I tell myself is that they wanted to. Well, they probably had it there, but then they had to like shut it off, right? Absolutely. And, and I think that's the thing, especially as creatives out there, um, like it's there. And so always telling yourself that you're wrong for having that that type of thinking is is overwhelming in itself. Well, and my dad ta- told me, you know, you can't have one without the other. So I'm a really, really impatient person, both with myself and with everybody around me. I mean, my children would tell you that the best, but I also get things done really quickly and I'm really decisive and I adapt super fast. And those are all qualities you have to be, you have to have if you're going to be entrepreneurial or if you're going to have three jobs and raise three kids and have a husband you like to hang out with, <laughs> you have to be able to move quickly. Yeah. And so you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And, and it's okay to, to thrive on that and, and go, you know, like I might, I might be a hot mess over here, but it's okay. Cause that's, that's today. And like, I'll lift myself back up and figure out the parts and pieces in the stepping stones along the way. Well, and like with everything, if you can laugh about it and own it and make it your own joke, then it can't be somebody else's. Right. I have learned to be pretty good at laughing at myself. Um, going from being behind the camera when I started Farm Her to being in front of the camera and not even knowing how to a talk in front of a camera, like that was a, a real thing. Like I would just stare at it and be like, oh, what do I do? But the amount of ridiculous things that I say and do on the camera and then I watch myself and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I've kind of gotten to a point where like we at the end of every season, we have a whole segment of our show with all the ridiculous outtake things that I say or do that I'm like, what in the heck? But you know what? It's good to just laugh at it because we all have it. You know, mine just happens to get caught on camera. (laughs) And people love that and appreciate that in you that you're willing to show all of that. Well, it's the only way to be. Otherwise, you're just going to stress yourself out, worry about being perfect because nobody is, right? Absolutely. Right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. I want to remind everybody where they can find the resources that you have here in Iowa. Yes, stop by our website, www.theiowacenter.org. We would love to meet you and help you out. And again, outside of Iowa, don't forget that these types of resources exist all over this country. So, you know, go to your economic development uh, part of your city, go to the chamber, start talking to people and figure out where those resources are and don't be afraid to ask for them, right? Absolutely. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you everybody for joining us on this episode about women in business here today on Shining Bright. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmhood. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. And now, go shine bright.